0: This episode is supported by the Miku Pro Smart Baby Monitor. This is the most accurate sleep and breathing monitor that we have ever come across and we've been through so many monitors in our day. What I love most about it is unlike other smart monitors which have your baby wear a chest strap or a sock, no physical contact with your infant is actually made because they use sensor fusion technology, which is like a military grade technology, it's really amazing, and it works with your smartphone to alert you of changes to your baby's vitals and nursery conditions. Plus, and this is huge if you have fears of hackers and things like that, we've all heard horror stories, but they use crypto security. So there is no hacking this monitor. It's really amazing. The monitor also offers HD video and photo and amazing night vision. There's also custom dual Ole Wolf speakers and a two-way microphone, which means that Miku not only plays original sleep sounds and lullabies, but it allows you to talk to and comfort your baby. You can check it out at MikuCare.com, and if you use the promo code FamilyTree10, you're getting 10% off. This is for the U.S. only, and again, that is MikuCare.com and FamilyTree10. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane, and we are so glad that you could join us for Happy Hour on this Family Tree podcast, episode 178.
1: Yeah. We are
0: coming off of a little vacation, a bit of a forced vacation. I was sick with an uncurable and unknowable virus that I had uh, a week and a half ago it started and I'm still coughing up blood even though I've never had a cough to begin
1: with. Tends to happen I find when we come back from a vacation you know we let we get a little too loose on these vacations we eat a little too bad maybe we overindulge in alcohol and our immune systems are down and I find we have weak immune systems so we're sick for at least three or four days when we come back but this one hit you extra hard.
0: was bad i definitely picked up something while we were out and shane and i spent a week in montreal we brought the kids we brought nona his stepmother to watch the kids and it was for just for laughs which is a huge international comedy festival and we're there so shane could promote his show and it was a blast it was so much fun but i mean we were out until what like 3 a.m., 4 a.m.
1: The, the, some of the shows don't start till midnight. So that's not even that bad to get home at 3 or 4 a.m. That is that is the norm, I would say. And then you have this pass. Like since um, this year, I got an artist pass, which mm-hmm. normally I have a media pass. But to be an artist makes you feel like, you know, Neil Brennan <laughs> and, you know, Jim Carrey is my peer now. <laughs> so you you do get a little supercharged by the, the power of that pass, which gives you uh open bar and you know you're like uh we were on an elevator with baba buoy for people who know the howard stern oh, show wild. Gary Delabate that's that's a big deal for people of my age demographic. So you know we were uh we were parting probably a little bit harder than we should have, but we also we had a babysitter. Mm-hmm. When you have a babysitter you feel like oh we gotta seize the day or seize the night. Um
0: well, it was tricky because then also having the babysitter though, I was kind of feeling a little bit bad in the mornings. So, because I, I know the kids are getting up at like six, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna set my alarm for eight, and I'm gonna get up at eight and help out and take the kids to breakfast and things like that. So you're only getting four hours of sleep, and that wears you down. And summer to that point anyway. It's. I mean, it's been busy. It's been camps. And if you have kids in camp, you know that that's like an hour, two hours out of your day just taking them to and from from camp. Um, And then when it's not camp, it's trying to get things done with the kids at home. And that's all tricky. But Montreal was definitely a fun break from all of that. And it was such a fun experience. I want to go back next year without a doubt. It was a blast. And among all the experiences that we had there, like so many good ones. There's one that has been haunting, I think, both of our dreams ever since. Shane, do you want to fill them in on that one experience probably is?
1: It's funny. I almost forgot what you were talking about when you (laughs) said that. But yes, this is definitely a core life moment or a core almost death moment, which is choking on a piece of steak in a packed restaurant and having someone having to do the Heimlich maneuver on me. That was the most terrifying moment of my life. I I, th- I believe I have memories of me choking maybe as a person around the age of like seven to mm-hmm. eight. Like my mom's chewy roast beef and her just smacking me and it, it coming out maybe a, a few fleeting seconds of panic. But this was full air blockage. Yes, are you?
0: No, I, I, I just want to kind of set the scene right for the audience so we are sitting in a hip fancy restaurant it was called cadet or cadet if you want to do the that's so what the french girls are calling it and uh it was a beautiful restaurant and we're there with the squad that you know is in charge of shane's other podcast like the distributing or whatever very nice very wonderful people and we're enjoying this dinner everybody's talking and eating you know everybody's got a cocktail i get up and go to the bathroom I come back for the bathroom and Shane's just kind of like sitting there. And then you look at me. And before I even sit down, I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? And you just start shaking your head like this. And then immediately we try to get you up and we realize choking. We're, we're trying to get the meat out. I did something that I thought was gonna help you because somebody did it to me once and it just made it worse.
1: Yeah, so I had, uh, when, when Alex first sat down, She looked at me and she could tell something's wrong, as you know, you know, when something's off with your partner. So thank God she was at this dinner, because truthfully, Alex wasn't originally invited to this (laughs) dinner. And since uh, this company was paying for the dinner, I felt a little sheepish about having Alex come to the dinner. So I told her she wasn't invited. But, you know, Alex hung around a little bit and they said, you know, it's your wife can come and. (laughs) I, You know, they're being polite. So I'm like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. She doesn't have to. And then you eventually, you did come. They, they yeah. persisted and you persisted hanging around.
0: Well, I became friends, I'd yeah, like to say, with them. You
1: you became friends. But thank God you did. Because if you weren't there, I wouldn't have the shorthand mm-hmm. um, comfort or knowledge. Because even though I was choking, I'm, I'm embarrassed I- in the moment. Even though, you know, it's a very dangerous situation. But I would have it would have been hard to get someone else's attention. Yeah. And, and, you know, I probably would have taken an extra 10 seconds to tap the person next to me and, you know, do the I'm choking (laughs) signal. But anyway, you you come to sit down from the washroom. You notice something's wrong. Mm -hmm. You ask me if I'm choking. I signal. Yes, it's odd. I can't talk, but I do have a very slim passageway of air like probably you could fit a sheet of paper maybe in the Mm. passageway I have so uh I I was equating it to you know that Titanic um mini ship how it had 40 hours worth of air
0: yeah
1: I think I probably had like an hour worth of air where I could have kind (laughs) of just struggled to breathe but still survive so in my mind I'm like I'm embarrassed I don't want to make a scene I'm gonna grab my phone and text you maybe we can both leave and go to the hospital.
0: <laughs> that would um, be awful.
1: But you, you go, oh, you're choking. I'm like, eh, eh, eh. and I forgot. Like, I can't talk at all. For some reason, I thought I'd be able to talk a little bit, but I can't talk at all. So you stick your finger down my throat and jam it, the piece of meat, down my throat perfectly. So now it's like a part of my throat. Like it's like, it's like, a, I don't know, expanded foam in my mouth, like okay. how, how well it's fitting to my neck.
0: In my defense, the one time that I was choking really bad publicly, like the same as you, I was with my friend her mom who was a nurse, and it was a, a cheese stick. What do you call those? A matzah stick, right? And you know how they get super gooey and you could like pull the matzah like a stick, stick apart? No, a cheese, like a matzah stick.
1: What's a mozzarella stick? Like Like, a mozzarella stick? Yeah. Okay.
0: Right? So it's like a deep fried cheese.
1: Yeah. So I have
0: have half of it down my throat lodged and the other half is sticking out of my mouth. And it's all, it was awful. And I was like 12. So my friend's mom, who was a big lady, she cleared the table we were sitting at, dove across, like she was like six feet tall. Like it was amazing. Dove across, stuck her hand down my throat. And pulled out the cheese.
1: And everybody
0: was clapping. It was like a huge deal.
1: That's a mozzarella stick, though. So you can grab one end and kind of get the other end to come Well, no, because then it
0: would break. She like went down my throat.
1: I think the fact that it had like remnants of cheese still Mm -hmm. sticking to it probably helped.
0: But I'm saying this is where I got my method of life-saving.
1: I know. But I do think that in the many years since you were 12 that have gone by... (laughs) People have heard like, oh, don't stick finger down the throat, especially when we have children, and don't hit the back. That's kind of gone out of fashion. People still they were hitting my back. Mm-hmm. You were shoving finger down down my throat and I think all logic goes out the window. Anything you've learned, you just resort to those instincts and I think it's very instinctual to hit someone on the back. So
0: are you not supposed to do that?
1: Apparent, I, I heard that you weren't supposed to if I probably would have if I knew nothing else what to do. But no, you're not supposed to stick your finger down or hit the back. But so this guy at our table next to me, because my friends, uh, my male friends, Mike and Max, you know, you, they, they're they not springing into action. They're in shock and they're in somewhat they're somewhat amused by it or something like
0: they were detached I, from reality.
1: Yeah. they. So they weren't trying to be mean, but they were kind of smiling and like, whoa, <laughs> I can't believe this is going on. Because anytime something like this happens, it is surreal because you really only see it in movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you do see it in your life, it might be a once in a lifetime yeah. thing where you actually see this Heimlich scene. Uh, but the guy next to me, he, he gets up. He's probably like 145 pounds, tall, skinny guy. And he goes to perform the action on me of the hammock maneuver, but he's just not strong enough. He doesn't necessarily know the technique, which is terrible because I can't speak. I know it looks like I'm being Mm -hmm. helped, but I also know I'm not being helped. So I'm like, no one's going to come and help me. And this guy's trying his darndest, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. So this is how I die because no one's going to take action.
0: Were you thinking in that moment, though, that like this is how I'm going to go?
1: I was looking around and I was kind of amused. So I'm looking around at Mike and Max and I'm taking it all in because I'm just thinking I can't die this way. Of course This can't be how I die. Just as I'm starting to turn negative, this big guy comes out of the way, rips the skinny guy off, (laughs) and he starts whipping me around like a rag doll. Like goes around my body. And this is like a big, big guy. Boom, hitting me in the perfect spot. I can feel it loosening up. Bam, bam, don't even remember. All of a sudden I... um. I guess I spit the meat up. I must have. Yeah,
0: you did. You did. I saw it coming out. I was trying to catch it so that they didn't have to clean it up.
1: Who cleaned it up?
0: Um, I picked up some of it. And then this. I think the servers picked up some of it.
1: It reminds me of, um, you know, when you give birth, a lot of people take a shit. <laughs> yeah. But they're so trained at cleaning up the shit <laughs> that you don't even know. They just put a doggy bag, <laughs> throw it out. And you're like, did I shit? You can't even remember. So, yeah, they got rid of the my barf meat off the ground and you helped. And I hugged the man. Mm-hmm. And I just hugged him, and people I think gave a little round of applause. People are looking at me. I'm just like, I'm I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> so I try to go back to normal. I'm trying to act oddly normal. We were playing the game Mary Fuck Kill mm-hmm. before. Well, as all this was going on, so I try to just go back to the game. I'm Jane like Jane Fonda, yeah, uh, Meryl Streep, <laughs> uh, Pam Anderson, or uh, who was the other one? Oh, Lindsay Lohan or something,
0: it's something like that. Yeah.
1: So anyway. Uh, I time goes by I don't go over to the table you went over to the man's table saved yes. my life and uh, oddly asked to buy him a drink oh
0: I, I meant for like you know like I guess I said a drink but I meant something bigger than that like the whole table drinks or whatever
1: yeah I would have you know if I was clear-headed I definitely would have bought his meal or some grand gesture like big bottle of wine something champagne I don't know but I'm just so in shock. I don't want to talk to him. I don't really want to look at him. And I don't <laughs> want to look at anybody. The servers, I'm embarrassed. People are kind of like looking at me like I'm a, like a weird celebrity freak You, you show kind of were something. though
0: at that point.
1: And then the man leaves. You saved my life. And I kind of give him like a, like a little wave, like a dainty <laughs> little like, bye. And he waves. He looks at me weird. And uh, the restaurant ended up paying for his bill. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, My bill, I'm being covered by corporate or or like the the corporate company. So I'm not even really thinking about my meal, but I'm assuming I'm going to get it for free because that meat was a death trap.
0: Shane, it almost killed you. And you know what, actually, I've realized in the retelling of the story just now, I feel like they knew it was a death trap and that's how much like the doctors who get so much practice giving birth, clean up the poop so fast, they cleaned up that vomited up hunk of meat so fast because they're so used to people choking on their meat because it's so damn chewy.
1: Because this this was a fancy restaurant too. Mm. They also in Montreal, like a lot of places, they're very accepting if you don't speak French, but a fancy restaurant, the whole menu was in French, so which funny. I was like, this could be an evil restaurant. And then... Uh, we were with a woman sitting to my left Uh, she was half french so she went to like uh what's it called french school what's that called french school french immersion and she uh grew up part of her life in montreal and her name's uh, sophia something she's got a french last name
0: fully french accent like speaks fluently
1: anyway she could tell when french people are not just being snooty but they when they hate you and she goes this waitress hates us And when she she asked me what I would like, first of all, she recommended we get things. Um, she's like, this is a restaurant where it's best to order two things because there's not enough food. So you order two things. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to get this steak, please. She's like, okay. Doesn't ask me how I want it cooked.
0: <laughs> that And that's a red flag.
1: So usually you, I, I go, Alex, what's the best way to cook? Because I forget every time you're like mm-hmm. medium rare or something, which is softer and easier to cut. But this thing's, you know, it's... It doesn't even feel like normal meat. It's like what I would imagine a mule to be like, or like a leathery boot. It felt okay, like okay. Like
0: Shane goes, Alex, you got to taste a piece of this. Like, tell me, am I crazy? And I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna have to make it seem like, oh, maybe this is chewier than it is, so that Shane doesn't feel so bad. But it was so freaking chewy. And I had two bites to see. Like, I had two bites from two different cuts of it to see what it was like. So chewy, I just put them out.
1: And when she came to the table and gave me my food, she looked at me and she said, bon appétit. She she, and I looked <laughs> she at did. Sophia. I go, bon appétit. Was that weird? She said that evil, right? Yeah. And she said, yeah. So we were talking about it and joking about how this meal was like shrouded with an evil cloud. And the fact that that happens is uh, it. it is. It's like a movie, but I'm so Glad to be alive. I recommend everyone look up the the Heimlich maneuver. Well,
0: Shane, this was a huge wake up for me because I'm like, I know nothing. I made it worse. I shoved my finger down your throat, lodged the meat in there, could have killed you or assisted in your quicker dying, I guess. And I'm like, I know nothing. We need to take courses for our kids, for our parents as our parents get older. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, it was so scary. So I started looking up some choking facts. Yeah. Because I have to say, before this episode, we recorded it this evening. I'm there with Betty. You know, Shane's at work and Betty starts crying. So I'm hugging her and Lucy runs behind me and goes into the kitchen. I haven't told you this yet. She always asks me for ice cubes, but I don't let her because I say, Lucy, no, they're very easy to choke on. If you have an ice cube in your mouth, you might choke on it. She snuck behind me and grabbed an ice cube out of the freezer. And then I'm sitting there snuggling with Betty. And then all of a sudden, all I hear (gasps) is, mommy mommy i almost just choked on an ice cube and i turned around and lucy has tears sprouting out of her eyes and i can just tell she just had a traumatic experience so she put an ice cube in her mouth accidentally swallowed it and was choking and couldn't make a noise so she could have choked behind me i would not have hurt her because i was comforting betty and because it was an ice cube you know it melted and slid down or whatever but she was shaken yeah for 10 minutes and you know we, i was just hugging her and holding her and saying lucy this is why mommy says we can't have ice cubes things like that and it was really scary and i'm like thank god it was an ice cube and thank yeah, if god you i are was Are
1: gonna choke on anything in this world yeah ice cubes the best
0: yeah Let's or lifesaver are you kidding me? isn't that what they're for or something
1: you think life the lifesavers holes in the middle No, I don't think that's what they're for. I think they save money doing that because then they don't have to (laughs) fill that with candy.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I thought I had something to do with choking. But anyway, I was freaked out about the choking. Two experiences, two people I love. And I'm like, okay, Shane and I were signing up for a first date course. But I got some choking stats. Shane, you may have looked this up, but do you know what the odds are from dying by choking?
1: You sent me them, uh, so I don't oh, remember. One I in 2,756?
0: Close. It's one in 2,659. And to put that in perspective, what do you think the odds are from dying in a shark attack? Uh, one
1: in 100,000.
0: One in 3.7 million.
1: Wow, okay. So
0: you are so like, I think about any time I get in an ocean, I'm like, ooh, maybe there's a shark in here, and I get a little scared. It's like, No. I am way more likely to die on that morning's donut than a shark.
1: But if you're in the ocean, it's probably one in 100,000.
0: If you're I on mean. land, it's probably one in three, <laughs> Yeah, 000. that's true. Um, another stat, most stats occur under two and over 74, which makes sense. And again, is great reason as parents to be on top of that. Because, I mean, all of our parents are aging. And, you know, a lot of our kids are young. That's scary.
1: Well, I think the reason... Uh, Over 74 is probably because a lot of people over that age are living by themselves.
0: Yes. So marriage keeps you alive, folks. It it
1: does. And um, I I think it's not just because, oh, I'm old and my neck hole is not the same as it used to be. (laughs) It's just they don't have anyone to help them out. And that's all I could think. If I was alone, there is a method to do the Heimlich maneuver maneuver, Mm -hmm. or a version of it by yourself where you ram your back into a chair. Oh, my God. Learn that, too, because I would have been so gone. Oh, my God. What would I I have done?
0: I think about these things. Like, what if I'm home alone with the kids and I start choking on something and they're both little and they can't help me? Like, we got to learn these things, Shane.
1: We do. We absolutely do.
0: And for children that are one to four years old, candy and coins make up 30% of the ER visits for choking. Candy and coins. So that stuff, like, they're just picking up and throwing in your mouth. And Lucy never really did that, but Betty did. Yes. Betty threw everything in there, which is so scary.
1: Yeah, I used to want to swallow dimes when I was young for some reason.
0: You remember that?
1: Yeah, I think when I was, like, four or five, I wanted to swallow dimes. What was the appeal? I wanted to eat cologne. I wanted to do everything. (laughs) I remember once I ate a little cologne.
0: (laughs) Wait, wait. you ate it as in you sprayed it on your tongue?
1: no it was like it might have been brute uh like the type that was like liquidy it wasn't sprayy. Uh, it smelled good so i wanted to eat it Ugh. and then i got worried i'm like i should, probably shouldn't be eating this because it tasted horribly as as you can imagine so i called my mom at work this is how old i am i actually knew how to work the phone and call my mom and i go mom if i eat cologne will i die <laughs> my mom doesn't want me to eat cologne so she's like yes <laughs> oh no oh no i hang up the phone i'm like i'm a goner and i start i start freaking out like this is my last moments on earth and it, i i start feeling like psychosomatic symptoms mm-hmm. like i'm shaking and i'm telling tiff i'm gonna die you know so uh oh what happened was somehow a bunch of cologne spilled on pez <laughs> A bunch of Pez and I ate the Pez. <laughs>
0: it sounds like you were a mad scientist getting up to some experiment like Pez and c- c- brute cologne. This is going to be it.
1: No, I think my sister because I think I was like nine when this happened. Yeah, I wasn't just tasting cologne. I did that when I was young, but I was like nine <laughs> and I ate Pez that was covered in cologne. Uh, so your
0: cologne thing lasted for a while then. What do you mean? Your cologne phase. If you tasted it when you were five the pe- and then you really no, went no, no, for no. it.
1: Alex, the Pez thing was accidental.
0: Oh, Cologne I see, I see, I
1: spilled I on Pez. And then uh, my sister knew about it. I didn't. I ate all the Pez. I was like, Tiff, that tastes funny. She goes, oh, no, that had cologne on it. i call my mom and ask her if I'm going to die. She says yes. I would do that stuff all the time. Like a, you, we used to get mail. And it said, You've, you may have won $250,000. And I'd call mom and be like, we're rich. We got this. Quit your job right now. So stupid.
0: I love those phone calls. I, I'd like to talk to your mom about some of those phone calls if she remembers them really well.
1: We would call her at her dealership where she worked at. My mom sold uh, some sort of car insurance. And we'd probably call her two, three times a day, maybe four. (laughs) So I knew the secretary very well at her work. Very nice English (laughs) woman. That's
0: so cute, though. See, Mm -hmm. that's so cute. And that's something, you know, before cell phones, obviously, and I, I'm, I'm sure kids now are calling their parents two, three times a day, but it's different because you don't have to go through the mediator, like the secretary. You don't have that like funny kids call in the office thing, like straight out of a movie. Yeah. Like some 90s sitcom type thing.
1: And she'd always be like, your daughter gave you a call. And it was always me. I said, <laughs> voice.
0: So it changed. Like, you weren't close enough to death in Montreal that your life would have done that whole flashing before your eyes. You see a dark tunnel, you walk toward God kind of thing. But did you have any kind of end-of-life
1: thoughts? Just how funny it would be in a way to die that way. I'm just like, this is it. This is so weird. I'm going to die before my parents. And Like, I was just thinking like that. And, like, <laughs> and just looking at the s- scenery and, like, to be at JFL first show it was almost fitting in a way it's like okay you accomplished this thing it would probably help out the show
0: it would definitely help out the show are you kidding me yeah it wouldn't help me out though if you died then in some ways well we never got that really good life insurance where if one of us dies the house is automatically paid off right we never got that so i mean had we gotten that then yeah it probably would have but uh, i would have been lonely in my paid off house
1: That's true. You know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah. But no, it was a really wonderful trip. Aside from that, we had a great time, partied hard, had lots of fun with the kids. It was like really, really wonderful.
1: Some highlights of the show would be uh, Please Don't Destroy, which people might know from their online videos on SNL They kind of are the new Lonely Island for uh, the new younger generation. They were put on an amazing live show. Uh, So I recommend seeing them. They lived up to the hype and actually increased... Or, or did better than I thought they would. Steph Toliv was an amazing... Go
0: check her out now. Like, personally obsessed.
1: Yeah, she... I don't know how to describe her because she is so her own thing. But she puts on this really funny characterization of her voice. Can you do it for a second, Alex?
0: It's like... So I was going on a date with a guy, right? And then he... Like okay, that? Okay,
1: yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funnier than that. Um, I shouldn't have done that. Now people are like, I don't want to hear that.
0: No, she's so good.
1: But I'll wait. I'll, she's like, uh, so I went on a date. Like, yeah, I can't do it. See,
0: we did it so much for like three weeks after seeing her that I think I'm out of it. So I went on a date. No, it's too skatery. It's,
1: I don't know, it's like her own thing, but she's like Tim Robinson and she's so funny and so nice and uh, I don't know, she's really good. So I want to see her again, Uh, December 14th, I think Mm -hmm. she's in Toronto, Toronto, so we'll be going to that show. But you know, she's gone viral all over the place online and Bill Burr kind of ignited her uh, popularity through featuring her on his Netflix special. There's another kid, I don't have my phone on me. This 19 year old who came out, the one who said, uh, yeah, he was very androgynous.
0: Yes. Amazing. So this was at a new faces show. So new people in comedy show. And this, I have no idea what his name would have been.
1: Now I'm going to get my phone. So pause for one second. Yeah. So Alex found him. What's his name?
0: Lucas McCrary.
1: Yes. He was very funny. So check him out. There's lots of good comedians, but we're just going for the like ones that we still talk about.
0: No, but it was it was such a fun time. Um and you know, traveling with a purpose is kind of fun, like even taking the kids. I was a little bit nervous about it initially taking the kids on essentially a work trip and having you know our mother, mother-in-law there as a total nanny because we were out, we had events, we had obligations to go to and things like that. So it was a little tricky, but I think it worked out so, so well. I think she had a great time.
1: And I had fun hanging with her too. Oh, same. I I guess because I was absent so much, it Mm -hmm. felt like I saw her a lot, but I probably didn't overall. Like, I don't know, it kind of felt like, oh, I go to my job when I come home. I get to see uh, my stepmom.
0: Yeah, no, I think we had a really great balance. And it just, you know, traveling with the kids and everything, it's such a big do. And it always makes me remember like the pitfalls of just traveling in general, because everything is exacerbated when you have kids in tow, because I think you are so attuned, like extra attuned to everything going on around you. Mm -hmm. And I just want to ask you real quick before we move on to questions. What is your biggest pet peeve when traveling on a plane?
1: Uh, it's probably if I get a flight attendant who is rude.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's not good. See, I was going to say somebody beside you who takes up both armrests because that is super annoying because if you're in the middle seat, you can get screwed out of an armrest. Yeah. But something happened on the plane ride back home that really, really irked me. Shane, you didn't get it at first. I don't know if you still do. I still don't get it. Okay. So a guy, you know how when you get in your seat, if you can't put your bags in the overhead, you have to put them underneath the seat in front of you and then you have space for your legs. Yeah. Right? This guy refused to put his laptop under the seat in front of him. So instead he just put it where his legs would go, but then he had no space for his legs. So because Lucy is little and she was in the middle, he put his legs on her side, like under her seat where I had my bags. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: And it's like, he wouldn't have done that if that was me or if that was you. And then the rest of the, the flight, he was taking up both armrests. He was manspreading. And I just thought it was such just a rude, like, ask. And I'll say, yeah, of course. But just, like, say something. Don't just assume it's cool. You know what I mean?
1: That's an odd question, though, because was mind if I put my legs under... <laughs> your girl's legs <laughs> like i don't know that's hard
0: it was weird so but i kept making up excuses and like i was making up excuses but then also if i had to go in the bags there i'd like make a big show of like trying to like pull it by his leg that was like under the chair and things like that and he just didn't care like he didn't care at all and that was pissing me off so much cuz it was just so rude and he was taking up so much space
1: he was on the phone when he first yeah got playing right yeah People who talk really loud on their phone are always overly brazen and confident.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, to do that, to put your conversation out there for everybody to hear is, it says something. Yeah. It says something. But with that, Shane, I want to move over to our questions for the week, the mailbag segment.
1: Okay. But before we do that, let's let everyone know who we are supported by.
0: We are supported by True Worth. And if you listen to the podcast, you know that Shane and I have been trying to reduce our environmental footprints. And one way that we're doing this, and a really great way to start if you're looking to do the same, is by eliminating single-use plastics in our household. And you can pick anything. We started with laundry jugs because between the four of us, we went through a lot of these and our laundry room was kind of like a detergent jug graveyard. So we discovered True Earth Laundry Detergent and have never looked back It comes in these pre-measured soluble strips that you simply rip apart and put in your washer. It is so easy, works amazing, and the best part is that there's no plastic. Because the packaging is so compact, it has drastically changed the tidiness of the laundry room. And as a family of kids with super sensitive skin, we usually opt for the baby detergent because it's fragrance-free, gentle on everybody's skin, and it's still so tough on dirt. Our clothes come out smelling great and crispy clean. So check out True Earth Detergent at True.Earth and use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 to get 10% off your order. You are going to love this product, take my word for it. And they have a ton of other things on the website, all work with the discount code. That is True.Earth and ThisFamilyTree10. We are also supported by Mini Miosh. Mini is a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. They believe in quality over quantity and they make the best basics that you can get your hands on for your littles. These are fashionable wardrobe staples that are soft, comfy and timeless and can be passed from child to child regardless of gender. Their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. Plus now they have a women's collection. So this is the M and West collection. I live in it every day when I come home from work and on the weekends. It's simple. It's made out of French terry and it's ethical and sustainably produced like everything else you love with Mini Miosh. You can find the company online at Minimiosh.com or at Minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code ThisFamilyTree15, you're getting 15% off your order. This is available in Canada and in the U.S., and it's only one use per customer, so load up your cart. Again, that is Minimiosh.com and ThisFamilyTree15.
1: And now is the mailbag segment. This is where Alex takes your questions, Googles them, or either comes up something with without using google and we talk about it
0: (laughs) okay so with the first question very pertinent to montreal this person says i saw you in montreal but i didn't say hi because i don't know if you like that kind of thing so this is a community member that saw us there saw us hang out no Hmm. no idea but we had somebody come up and say hi to us when we were eating lunch one day uh lucy was actually really sick this day and It was so lovely and it's so amazing to meet people. And I think that's one of the coolest things about, you know, doing this or having an online thing is that you feel like you're working alone. Like right now, it's just Shane and I recording in our living room, talking to each other on our mics in our hollow house. And then when you go out and you get to meet people who listen or who follow along, whatever, it really brings that community kind of together. And I really love it. And I totally want to meet you. So if I do see you or if you see me, come say hi, because that will definitely like make our day.
1: Well, your day. No one ever <laughs> Like it's like, am I even a part of it? The... like I feel like I do the podcast. I'm in there, our little TikTok videos and then everyone just wants to talk to you. And then they barely acknowledge me it's like yeah they're like they use me like i saw shane and then i saw you and then like i'm just used as a marker (laughs) that oh that guy's there meaning oh alex must be nearby
0: maybe they make you nervous maybe you make them nervous because you're like you got a show now
1: i don't think so i just think no one cares about me
0: if you guys see shane give him some love the next question or just
1: acknowledge me like a normal person (laughs) just like even if i wasn't on the account just like address me like I'm still there.
0: So, yeah, Shay, you're feeling invisible. You're feeling a little bit like Ken.
1: Uh, I feel like Ken got a little bit more attention.
0: (laughs) The next question. How do you make it work when traveling with family members on vacations? I think that I would go crazy. So I think there's a few things that we do, even just for our own own sanity. Because if we're doing things for our own sanity, I think it's going to benefit – the family members that we're traveling with, right? And anytime we've traveled with other family members, we've always gone for hotels where it's, you know, more cost-effective with bigger rooms. So we'll basically go wherever we can to get the biggest rooms possible with the best deal. And that is kind of how we navigate because we want everybody to be able to have their own space,
1: and we're in a very, very privileged position because mm-hmm. Sheridan gave us basically an entire floor. Yeah, uh, this I felt like a Kardashian, and you know we're lucky that we're you are in a position where obviously you do work to get yeah. these room accommodations, and even when they're given to you, it's you have to do a reel for it and all this stuff, and it's quite annoying. But for everyone else staying in the room, it's amazing. But yes, if you can afford it. Uh, getting a massive room or something in this case we had uh, three rooms so we had this massive middle like essentially like a business center which is probably as big as our living room at home
0: 100%
1: and then we had a a room at the other side and then a room at the other side Mm mm-hmm So that was like, you know, a football field. No, it was
0: nuts. Like I was trying to just look for two adjoined rooms, like one for us and then one for Nona and the kids. But then they gave us the two adjoined rooms, the whole room in the middle, which was totally nuts. Um, Three
1: bathrooms. Yeah.
0: No, but like there, there are options and like even outside of hotels, like when we were in Florida with my parents, we rented a house that was... Just like everybody had their own space. Like even the kids had their own rooms.
1: Airbnb, I find, is a a nice, usually affordable, depending on the city that Mm. you're in. It can be very affordable. And uh, a friend I had who was uh, staying there once uh, JFL kind of kicked us out of the hotel. Once we did our like press thing, like we had to do a, a panel and a podcast. But after that time was done. They kind of kicked my friend out of his hotel, and he couldn't afford to stay there much longer because that was 500 a night. He got a very affordable Airbnb, mm-hmm. and it was more comfortable even for him to stay at.
0: Yeah, and I will say, though, we will be back to the Sheraton Center, Montreal. That was phenomenal. It oh, was phenomenal. Was
1: the best.
0: It was. The location was amazing. We got upgraded to the club floor, so we had access. And anybody could do this, but you can get access – to their Sheraton club lounge. So we were getting like free breakfast, free, they said little plates for dinners, but it was essentially like a full dinner if you wanted it
1: for free. Well, you just grabbed two plates. <laughs> I hope that's allowed and I'm not <laughs> just breaking was. the rules.
0: No, I think it was. But it was it was super lovely and it was super accommodating. It was like one of the most wonderful stays we've ever had. But aside from big rooms, cause that's whatever, you know, based on budget and everything. But some things that you can control, A little easier. Boundaries and expectations. So, like, what is the family member doing on that trip? Are they there as a travel companion? Or are they coming with you to help out with babysitting? And then what's that babysitting look like? Does it look like evenings after bedtime? Does it look like maybe two times you and your spouse are going out? Or is it, like, a constant thing? Because this is our second trip with Nona. Yeah. And our first one was pretty chill. We only really went out at night twice in mm-hmm. the entire span yeah, of time we, that we, we were there. Yeah, we didn't have
1: any like work obligation where I had to leave for a long time. Or
0: yeah, so that was more of like um, a traveling companion type thing. Wh-
1: where did we go for that? Mexico. Right, yeah.
0: And we were more companions on that trip, whereas on this trip, I mean, Nona was 100% a full-time nanny.
1: But did you have a discussion with her? Did you say, here's the deal? I yeah. feel like you didn't. Yeah, yeah. You did? I,
0: yeah, I, I told her beforehand that you know, it was a work thing and that you and I were going to be gone every evening.
1: Oh, so she knew.
0: Yeah. And then aside from that, like during the days, I was trying to be around as much as I could. And only one day was I busy then. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think I did a good job of fulfilling that. And then the last thing I want to say, which is another thing I was doing, but I was doing it out of total anxiety and not like calm, cool collectedness, but check in. Do constant check-ins with the family member you have coming with you. Like, hey, like, how are you feeling with this? Are you comfortable with this? Because they're in a new place, too. They're traveling, too, and they're away from their comforts as well. So you want to make sure that they're feeling okay the whole time. And I mean, when we were in Montreal, because it was our first time doing a work trip where we were away so frequently, I was getting nervous and I was going up to Nodal I felt like every two hours being like, are you sure you're okay? And I'm pretty sure she started to get fresher with me because she's like, yes, yes, I'm fine, Alex. I will tell you if I'm not, I'm totally fine. I was like, okay, good. But it was really starting to stress me out.
1: Yeah, and we had a, since it was funny, the one night, um, because all the, we had three rooms, Mm -hmm. but the doors locked to them. Oh my God. (laughs) So the kids slept in the middle room. Nona slept in the room furthest away from our room, Uh, but we had a towel on the door while uh, while well, well, well we went out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when we came in from our trip, we put we took the towel out from the door that was connected to Nona's room and <laughs> Betty's room. And we texted Nona saying we're here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she wakes up. She goes to check on Betty panics. The door's locked. She thinks Betty's just in there like, you know, Lord knows what.
0: And how scary would that be?
1: So she called security. <laughs> But security had just seen us, and we were out uh
0: it was like three a m
1: you know, and you were more responsible drinking that night than me, not that I was irresponsible, but it seemed like we were three sheets to the wind or whatever the expression is. So security knows of us, uh and then we go to our room, and then security's called to the room, so that was a little bit embarrassing, a little tricky, but these things happen, and you have to expect that. Mm embarrassing things might happen because although yes they're your parents there isn't the comfort that you have with your partner and you and I don't even realize what would normally be embarrassing if we didn't fully you know see each other naked and pooping all the time so (laughs) you have to take into account there is going to be some uncomfortable moments but if you mentally prepare for people to be a little annoying and uncomfortable because everyone's annoying I'm Mm -hmm. annoying you're annoying but we're just used to each other's shit so it doesn't seem weird Mm -hmm. and we're not around our parents as much as we were when we were young so certain things can feel weird but you go into it with that (laughs) mentality of like all right I forgot that everyone's weird in their own way and this and that and then you don't let it bother you and especially it's usually for less than two weeks the longest vacation you're gonna go on I think with a, a parent is two weeks
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's so easy if everybody is okay at rolling with the punches. It makes it a million times easier. So, I mean, if you can pick and choose which relative you're going to bring, choose the one that can roll with punches and kind of go with the flow because it makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, and Roseanne isn't that weird. Like, as weird as everyone is, Roseanne's not weird. So that makes it easier. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, my mom would be, like, trying on my nerves more. My mom's a little Mm. bit weirder, but I love her. So mm-hmm. much if she's listening, <laughs> even if she's not. I just I love her so much, but yeah, um, she's, she can be difficult. Yeah,
0: no, but there's there's ways around it, and there's ways to do it. And if you're thinking about traveling with a relative, start small. Do like a weekend in a city close by or something like that as prep for something bigger. Like you know, if you have something planned, but that's <laughs> what to, to practice that communication because it takes time, practice. I
1: know, but you don't want to waste the babysitting trip. No,
0: but like maybe if you're like, okay, we are doing a big family Florida trip next year. So maybe if we're doing that in January, maybe in November, let's see if we can do a one nighter in the big city with our in law or something like
1: that. That's weird advice. You don't you don't think so? No, and then that practice
0: communication. That
1: one night goes terrible, then the Mm, Florida trips off. Call when when in Florida, maybe you could have one bad night and then get over it and work it out while you're in Florida. At a beach. Yeah, what does it yeah, matter guys who don't cares?
0: take that advice don't take my advice i just gave you bad advice
1: you're starting to talk like steph told oh, sorry more in your sorry you life. know
0: what i don't even realize it okay next question what does unconditional love mean to you i like this one
1: it means that no matter what happens you'll love the person i don't know
0: do you think it's possible of and, course and with who uh
1: with my sister it's definitely possible my parents um, with my children it's definitely possible like I don't care if Lucy and Betty love me mm-hmm. like I do I want them to love me that, that's the most extreme statement what I mean is my love doesn't depend on them to love me or be nice to me mm-hmm. or you know not hit me or anything you know they could yeah. do anything uh, pull my teeth out uh, whatever <laughs> yeah. and I, I would love them and no, yeah and I'm also a very forgiving person so even you you know you could betray me any which way and i would forgive you because that's uh probably it could be looked at as a uh you know uh weakness but i am like that
0: yeah i was thinking about it because i was like you know what i definitely feel it with a sibling and with your children You know, it's that love where you give the love without expecting a single thing in return. Like they could literally say, F you, give you the finger, walk away, and you're still going to love them. And the kids, 100 million percent, they could do anything. And I'm going to be there for them in whatever capacity I can be. You know what I mean? And then I was like, is it possible with a spouse or a partner, whatever? And I was like thinking of all like the hard ways that you could be – betrayed but then i was like you're still gonna have that i don't know it's it's tricky because i would think that yes you would have some lingering sense of closeness or like some bond and i don't know if that's love or not but I, i i would assume that something was there especially if you had kids or something with them but i don't know i don't know it's tricky
1: well, that's comforting. I I give you the <laughs> unconditional love card, and I get not back.
0: No, you gave me a forgiveness card. What do you mean? You said that you would always be forgiving.
1: No, I said I'm forgiving, so I have.
0: Uh, well, I'm forgiving. I think I'm a forgiving person. Too. Well, I,
1: I'm just saying you have unconditional love. I don't. I forget what I said. I don't even know if I said I'm forgiving. <laughs>
0: but anyway i would like to think obviously like as a romantic i would like to think that you can have that for a partner but it's just it's so easy no
1: but not even romantic i'm not even saying i could hate you and i'd still love you
0: well that's what i mean with like you know if you got divorced or something like that i think that there's always that that like intrinsic feeling there Mm -hmm. i don't know gotta talk to more divorcees okay the next question Ariana Grande and Ethan Slater. What is going on? So, Shane, do you know what's going on here? Like, do you want me to lay out the situation?
1: I think everyone knows. And if you don't know, we'll just quickly recap. So, there's a guy who plays SpongeBob SquarePants on Broadway. <laughs> Ariana Grande <laughs> fell in love with this guy. This guy was married to another woman. and His had, high
0: school sweetheart.
1: Okay, then you just tell it, Alex. <laughs>
0: He was married to his high school sweetheart. They had a kid like a year ago. Ariana Grande was married. They were filming Wicked together. They fell in love. And then they, I guess, said that they were together before anybody started divorcing each other. Yeah. And the tricky thing that's coming out now, right, it's like Ariana Grande was hanging out with him and his wife, like taking pictures with the baby while she's doing this guy. Like, just totally inserting herself into their life while she's doing it with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just... It's an awful situation. But she's I feel getting a lot so of
1: hate. And I'm, I, and I'm sure he is too. But it doesn't seem fair and equitable on both. I I feel like the woman just gets it so much. And homewrecker and all this. and
0: Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you about this. So... I was going to ask you if you thought what they were getting from the public was equal. And I would say for me, I think it's equitable, maybe not equal, because her just being the more famous person, like nobody knew who SpongeBob SquarePants on Broadway guy was until this happened. speak for yourself, but continue. Um, But I think just because she's the more famous person here. She's getting called out by more people. Think... She she plays that up like she's always so innocent, but apparently this is like the fifth home that she's kind of gone in between.
1: I don't think. I think yeah, and that that would be a good argument if there wasn't so many other cases of just women being called homewreckers mm-hmm. in other situations. I think what plays into it is that uh, this man doesn't have uh, traditional beauty standards. I will no. say and ariana is known to be quite beautiful so it's almost like of course he's going to be honey potted into leaving (laughs) his wife because this beautiful pop star who who he could probably never get in a million years is tempting him so he gets a pass because it's almost uh realistic that he was tempted or understandable he's weak what's that
0: i just saying he's weak
1: What, what does that mean
0: he's weak like he's a weak loser Is what I'm saying. I'm dissing him.
1: So he's a weak loser, but that's to be expected because she's this beautiful temptress. I think that's more at play than the fact that she's so famous.
0: Yeah, I guess so. And I guess that makes sense. But And you've seen, I I know you showed me, but I already seen it. The meme where it compares his face to her brother's face. They're like identical.
1: Yeah, people are, um, you know, they like what they're similar to. A lot of couples look like each other, and uh, Oedipus and Eatable and all those things. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean.
0: Um, but yeah, it's like at that point, you know, I just think, like, what's attractive about getting into a relationship with a guy who's married, just had a kid, and is cheating on his wife with you? Like, what?
1: Forbidden fruit.
0: Yep. square pants. You know what I mean? No, it's but just, I'm
1: saying that might be the most attractive thing about him.
0: Well, because clearly I think both of them want validation and they're looking in the wrong places.
1: Yeah, you're not doing SpongeBob SquarePants. uh. (laughs) For the babes. (laughs) Well, he he might be. I'm saying you don't. Clearly he is. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's maybe why you do it. You don't do it because uh, you just love that stupid voice.
0: Who knows? He's a weird looking guy. He might. Okay. Uh, The final question that we have, Shane. What? what is something well-loved that you really hate? So I have two things. Do you want me to start or do you have something at the top of I don't have head?
1: it on the tip of my tongue.
0: So. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to say is uh, Jay Shetty. So he's very popular, got a very popular podcast, popular Instagram account. He was like a monk at some point, very wise guy. I don't trust him. There's something about his face I don't trust. I feel like he's scamming me. Maybe it's his eyes. They're too piercing and beautiful. And that might be a compliment. It might not even be a good reason not to like him. But something about his beautiful piercing eyes makes me hate him and not trust him. And the second thing is murder shows. Can't stand them. And there's like a whole trope that women love murder shows and things like that. I hate nothing more than murder shows. I hate them more than Jay Shetty.
1: No, I love murder shows. I like Jay Shetty. I would say uh, when Britney Spears came on the scene, that was something I couldn't get. I didn't.
0: Like ages ago.
1: Ages ago when she okay. came on the scene. I, I was not into her at all. I couldn't believe that people liked her. I was into Christina Aguilera. Same. Um, so Britney always has confused me. Um, something else. Well, na- names and things that everyone likes. Just name. I, if you name five things, I bet one of them I can say I don't like.
0: Okay. Uh, the Matrix?
1: No, I love The Matrix. Forrest Gump? I like love this. Forrest Gump. Why are you just naming movies? Is I don't there anything know. That's
0: else? where my head is. What else do people like?
1: Oh, um, hockey. 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 Hockey's a thing that people really, really like, especially in this country that we're in, Canada. I don't like it. Taylor and- Swift? No, I, I love Taylor Swift.
0: Is there a big band that's like...
1: Well, you said name two things. I, yeah, I did. Yeah, no, that's Br- good. Young Britney Spears. <laughs> <Noggy>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually like old Britney Spears. She's so interesting. and in, It is fascinating. Like, I just would love to sit down with current Britney Spears for an hour and just see how weird is she actually, how much of it is a show, mm-hmm. what's going on with her. I'm just so, she's at that weird level where you can't tell how with it she is
0: guys we almost had her husband on the podcast we were very close
1: yeah that would have been interesting too yeah but that would potentially feel explosive Mm -hmm. because it's not like we're having him (laughs) because
0: we're interested in his life (laughs) we're fascinated in your workouts
1: (laughs) so um what's your workout routine how what's britney really like
0: but folks that's all we have got for you tonight thank you so much for sitting down with us we really enjoyed it and if you're listening go give us a five star rating go give us a little comment we love to hear what you think and folks thank you so much for listening to this
1: this family Family tree Tree Podcast,
0: podcast episode 178